0: Hey, love tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14 day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So, whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up, or you're a newly coupled and and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other. The 14-day happy couple challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at IDOPodcast.com/slash 14. With our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-day challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14 day happy couple challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to IDupodcast.com slash 14. That's IDupodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today.
1: How's it going? Welcome to I Do Podcast. Whether you're driving home from work, working out, walking the dog, watching the kids, however you consume audio, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Whether you're single, dating, married, in a relationship or struggling we are here to give you the tools to succeed and on today's episode we welcome Trip and Allison Lanier and it was kind of a unique episode because we don't have two people on at the same time too often although recently we've had had a few but more than that Trip and Allison are married they've been married for 12 years and They both are in the relationship self-help realm. So they have a unique view on things as a married couple, having them on at the same time and being people who help other people that are struggling in relationships and other things in life. So a lot of value. Sarah and I really enjoyed asking them unique questions from our perspective because Sarah and I are married and we also work together like Tripp and Allison do sometimes and so that kind of presents unique challenges as I'm sure some of you guys listening that might work with a spouse or even if you don't there are some sort of unique things in relating to work and, and just all the crazy relationship dynamics that that exists, uh, anyways. So, Trip and Allison bring a lot of great value today. And Trip actually is the host of his own podcast called The New Man Podcast, and it's oftentimes one of the top ten podcasts in the self help realm on iTunes. So, it's really a huge, cool podcast. I know Trip's interviewed Tim Ferriss and other, you know, very prominent authors. Tim Tim Ferriss actually just coming up. With a new book, Tools of Titans. It's so, so like a little plug for him here. But uh, Tim, as I'm sure you know, if you listen to podcasts, has a great podcast himself, big time author. So, anyways, uh, you know, Tripp is definitely interviewing the big wigs, the big people in the self help world, and he himself being a big person in the self help world. And then Allison, not to be outdone, has been a licensed psychologist for, I believe, uh, over a decade. And she's worked with a lot of people through her practice and just a ton of knowledge coming from her as well. And it's, it's great having the male and female perspective at the same time on the show. So Sarah and I really enjoyed asking them stuff like, how do they deal with having a child in in their relationship. How do they deal with working together in their relationship? And then the most common things that they see from men coming from Tripp's perspective and then from women from Allison's perspective uh, in struggling in relationships and what they see and kind of the the tools and advice that they give their uh, clients in dealing with those problems and everything from when our expectations don't meet reality to remembering that you are on the same team when you're in a relationship and understanding the basic values of your relationship and how important that is and so much more. So ton of value in today's show. I won't ramble on too much longer because Tripp and Allison just have a lot of great stuff and I'll let them tell you themselves.
0: And as always, we appreciate you guys so much for listening. You can support us by subscribing on iTunes or leaving us a review. You can also visit the show notes page or the podcast description to check out our links for other ways to support us. One way is Amazon.com. When you click on that link, we get a small percentage of your order. Also, patreon.com forward slash idopodcast. You can contribute as little as $2 a month. Every little bit counts. And lastly, audibletrial.com forward slash idopodcast. Get a free audiobook download as well as a free 30-day trial and choose from hundreds of books that our experts have recommended. And Stay tuned for today's song. We'll be playing you out with The Hip Abduction. It's their song, The Stone, from their album, One Less Sound. Thanks so much, guys. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Tripp and Allison. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you.
2: It's good to be here.
3: Thank you for having us.
1: We've given our listeners a little overview, so why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourselves and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships.
2: Trip, go ahead.
3: Well, I, uh, I think, you know, even though I work with men all around the world as a coach and I have a podcast um, and we address a lot of personal development stuff, we address a lot of things about mindset and how to optimize things, all this kind of masculine like go, go, create stuff inevitably if i'm working with a guy about a month or so and he's like hey i've got this thing going on with my wife or my girlfriend it always comes back down to relationships and um i just found like you can have a ton of success you can go and create some amazing things in your life but if your relationships aren't happening if they're not fulfilling if they're a place that's full of toxicity and drama then it doesn't matter all the other great stuff that you're doing your relationships are key to the quality of life that you have so um yeah it, it's it's the foundation for everything everything is comes back down to relationships
2: and i I totally agree that's the, that's the premise of of my work as well and it's for me it's often the the while i'm I'm like most introverted most of the time if I had my way w- what I get about my happiness and my trust and faith and belief in the world is that is that it boils down to relationships and the joy that is that is inherent in that love that that's there. So, so, um, so knowing that I'm helping folks with relationship and hearing success stories from, from clients and friends that, that actually put these practices into play and find more fulfillment and more meaning and more joy is, is pretty priceless.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and it's so true. There's so much information. Like you said, Trip, like with your podcast, you talk about a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, you can make money at your job, you can get fit and athletic, but if you don't have a solid single relationship, maybe with a partner or even with friends and family, then you're not going to be completely fulfilled. Yeah,
3: it's really hard. And I think that there's a lot of guys that are hoping they can get there. Well, if I'm successful enough, I can... Uh, even if they have relationships, they're still striving to find a place where they're not vulnerable or they don't have to deal with the sticky uh, kind of messy stuff that shows up in a relationship. It's hard. And I Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I I talked to a lot of guys and somewhere they got in their head that, um, man, if I just get to this one place, then I'll be exempt from this stuff. I'll be able to, to, you know, be uh, immune from the, the challenges that arise in relationships. And I see guys that do amazing things. And from the outside, it looks like they've created these empires, but they've a lot of times, sadly, they've done it to try to avoid that's been their strategy to avoid, uh, vulnerable places, scary stuff that, that just shows up in relationship.
1: That's so true. And I want to kind of zero in today. Uh, you guys are obviously married. How long have you been married? Ten years. Uh, yeah. Ten years.
3: And <laughs> well, ten- how long, hold on. How long have we been married?
2: <laughs> <laughs> been around there.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm not whatever. the
2: sentimental one. <laughs> 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 I don't keep this track, close track as he does. We've been together for 12. I know that.
1: <laughs> there you go. It th- doesn't matter. You've been together for a while. And Sarah and I have been together for eight years. And we find ourselves, you know, we're not relationship experts, but we've interviewed almost 70 now. And so we're getting all this advice. And you guys are obviously giving advice, but you're in a relationship yourself. So I've found that it's kinda of unique position to be in because we'll sit here and we'll talk to people like yourselves and we get this great advice and then we we get off the call and we try to apply it to our lives. But I tell our listeners all the time it's not easy and we find ourselves sort of going into the same traps and in arguments and conversations but using the tools that are so valuable. So I was just kind of wondering how you guys have all this information about how you apply it to your own relationship.
2: Yeah. Well, um, gosh, trip, you might have a better way of answering this, but I can, I can tell you from my perspective, um, you know, it's great. Like things like NVC, nonviolent communication, non-adversarial communication, things like that are amazing tools to have in terms of just having a toolkit. Um, if, if that is something that gets in the way, like we can't get through a, a conversation. Um, t- so tools, tools, actual tools are great, um, you know, where people break down the here, do this, then do that, then do that. They, they really are. If, you're, if, you, if you need help, use them. That's what they're for. And um, I think both of us, certainly myself, my entire life, really, I've been a student of um, of relationship and of healthy relationship through life circumstances well as my studies. Um, and, and so I think by the time Trip and I met, I was so steeped in all of my learnings already on attachment, secure, finding and building bonds and secure bonds and secure attachment, things like that, how to build trust, how to keep trust, how to how to be with you, like how to have integrity, all those things. I was, I was, it was a way of life for me. So the way that we interacted, much of the time was rooted in just some basic values. And for me, basic values had to do with, yeah, we're going to tell the truth. We're going to trust each other. We're going to, you know, we're going to be vulnerable with each other. We're going to um, tell, we're going to speak to what we want, you know, so things like that. So it, it wasn't necessarily using the tools like, hey, I'm using NVC now or, um, you know, whatever. I'm going to get curious with you now. And, the, you know, so it, it wasn't doing it, but we were just really um, just living it. It was really like a, a way of life. And, um, and that's where I think Trip and I did really well from the start was, was having a shared, having shared values and a shared vision. Um, and, and so, yeah, trip, go ahead with what you would say, but just that piece around the tools versus just the transmission, just living it.
3: Yeah. I think there's a, there's a thing in here where we can go and get lots of advice and I think that we can get information overload and, and I just want to help the listener come back to, the relationship's hard. Like I said a few minutes ago, it's messy. Um, what if we let go? Like there's some right way and you're not doing it. Like it's like you, somehow you're getting it wrong. I just find that it's like parenting. You get this unique person and not, if you're that parent, you got to figure out how to parent that particular child. And so a relationship is very similar. It just takes time. Oh, okay. How do we get along? We both got our shit. We both have our stuff that's happened to us in the past. We both have blind spots. And now we're going to mix it up, and and it's something that's going to be completely unique. And tools are great. The advice can be helpful, but at some point, you just got to roll up your sleeves and and figure out how to actually work with your partner, and that'll be uh, completely unique. It'll be completely different from anything else that's uh, that's out there. So, um, yeah, there's the advice, and there's the stuff that other people are saying, but no one can really be the authority of your relationship other than you.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree completely. We have experts on all the time that always give great advice and we try to apply most of it, but sometimes it just doesn't work for our specific relationship. So that is something to keep in mind for our listeners that with all the advice that we give, I guess it's more or less kind of trial and error to figure out what works for you and your relationship.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: And um, Allison, you mentioned um, NVC, uh, nonviolent communication in the beginning. Can you expand mm-hmm. a little bit on that for our listeners? Just maybe just a like little what bit. it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, not, I'm by the way, I'm not trained in NVC just to like make it really clear, <laughs> but I know it and I appreciate I really appreciate that as a tool. And so what it, non- NVC stands for nonviolent communication, it's also some other folks have written books called non-adversarial communication, which is really the same idea. And and what it does is it invites empathy, compassion, and personal responsibility into what often can be a charged circumstance. So, um, if a uh, trip. Um, <sighs> When, when actually I'll do, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, uh, let's say I really, I really love it when trip, um, sees that the trash and recycling is full. I'm picking, I'm trying to pick something super common and, um, and, It could be possible for us to like this opens up a can of a whole conversation around agreements versus expectations. But to stick with NVC, um, let's say that that when he that I expect that he's going to empty the trash and that that like that's the man's job or whatever. We're stuck in some sort of mindset around roles. And and when he doesn't do it, I get angry. And then I think that he's, like, purposefully, or I think he's lazy, or I think he's purposefully, like, trying to be passive-aggressive and spite me. So what can happen in couples is a cycle where they they believe the stories that they're telling themselves, like – Oh, he's just, he's lazy, or he's just doing this despite me because I, he got mad at me for this other thing, or whatever it is, right? Like they're telling stories and they're believing them and they're not speaking up and they have expectations, whatever it is. And so then comes the day where it's like, oh, you never take the trash out, or why are you so lazy? Or would you please just do that? Like that, that there's, a, it always starts with a you and then with the story that goes into a belief. And that often creates that uh, it, it's a, as escalates a self-escalating cycle where, um, where then of course, naturally the person they're blaming is going to be defensive. <laughs> then it's like, well, I'm not selfish. What are you talking about? You know, so that then it just goes to shit. So, um, NVC is a breakdown, breaking down the communication where you're naming what the behavior is. You're naming what you see. So, when I see the trash is still full, um, then you name how you feel, right? Like I, f- you don't say the story. I, I feel you're lazy. That's a thought. So you would say I feel frustrated, or I, yeah, I feel angry. Um, and then you say you speak the need because I really. What I really wanted was to have this trash taken out so it wouldn't, st- you know, I was worried it would stick in the kitchen or I really needed that trash. I'm doing the Thanksgiving dinner and whatever. And then it comes the request. Would you be willing to take the trash out every Friday? That And that often sort of bleeds into making new agreements with with couples, with relationships. And, and so, But what? but essentially it's like, when I see you do this, I feel this. Would you be willing to that? if you, if there's a course correction needed, it's, would you be willing to do that? And otherwise it's, and it can be done with positive reinforcement too, where, um, you know, with my daughter, wow, when you come and you give me hugs, I feel so happy. I feel so loved. Um, And that's just naming that it's giving reflection and, and sharing impact, but it's also a form of communication that where we where we get to kind of break down what's happening and we lose the stories we lose the projections and we lose all the judgments does that make sense
1: yeah absolutely and it's a such a valuable exercise and we've heard sort of uh, different iterations of that another one it's kind of same thing that i liked from uh, daria hotoglu that we had on was like the positivity sandwich i think she called it where you start with a When something like the trash, you know, you start with a positive rather than saying, you know, I'm so pissed. You start with the positive uh, and then follow it up with a I'd like you to take out the trash, but then maybe the negative and then finishing with a positive. is something that I really like. So you're finishing the conversation on a positive note.
2: Yeah, they do that a lot in corporate, like in, in employee settings, too, for for trying to make changes with employees.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's where it came from because she had worked in corporate in the corporate world. And, and, uh, you know, it's like we said at the top of the podcast, it's it's all romantic relationships obviously are are different than business in in a lot of senses. But at the end of the day, we're communicating with another human and you can apply these things to to so many different types of relationships in your life.
2: Yes, true. Absolutely.
1: And I like the example that you gave with with your daughter like that 's something our daughter 's only sixteen months, but she can understand a lot more than I think mm-hmm. we know and in, in saying like, oh, "I like it when you give me hugs, it makes me feel so so loved um, that 's really mm-hmm. a really neat exercise and kind of going um into the the vein of parenting as new parents ourselves, obviously we, like i 'm sure a lot of our listeners that are parents have found is it puts an extra strain on the relationship so what is kind of the main thing maybe if there's one main thing to keep in perspective as new parents um in in regards to maintaining a healthy relationship
2: um the first thing that comes to my mind is that you guys are on the same team remember that remember that you're inside of a much larger arc of development for all of you you're going you're basically going through a huge metamorphosis you're and you know tripling the complexity it, at minimum you're tripling the complexity and so so it's easy to get overwhelmed and and just to remember that you're on the same team and that's a lesson that that trip helped me learn when when we were new with a baby
3: how so. Sorry. <laughs> you Remind me I'm trying to think of the, the what was this specific Oh
2: how so? You oh gosh. Um well you would say it, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean you you know, I would I would get into a head state where I was overwhelmed and for yes. me if I get if I feel afraid I'd go into control mode. And it's how I just it's how I navigate fear a lot of the time. And so I just want to take over. And so, um, or, or if I don't trust that something's, you know, if I don't trust something like move over, I'll do it. (laughs) I know I trust myself, so I'll just do it, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so I would start to sort of take on that, um, that quality. And I don't necessarily remember any exchanges that we had directly, but I, I just remember you looking at me. You would square off, like you you'd stop what you were doing. You would get present. You would face me, like shoulder to shoulder, like face to face. Sometimes you would hold my hands or my shoulders, or you'd you know you'd somehow engage me with touch, and you'd look in my eyes and you'd just say, "I'm on your team." And really, I felt that when you would say that, I would feel it. And everything in me could help, could start to settle and unwind when you said that. And and really, it was like a reminder, like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Yeah, I don't want to push you away. I need your help, and I want you here. So, um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I you- think it's easy to get stuck in drama when we have a child, and we're not sleeping and not eating and not getting our needs met, and mm-hmm. we want to find a villain. We want to find someone to blame for the frustration and, and some of the hard things that we're experiencing at that time. And our spouse, our partner is usually the easiest and safest person to go after um, as if the, I think there's a childish notion in our head of like, well, this is really hard because you're not doing A, B or C, right? There's this, I, you know, it's just what if it's just really hard? <laughs> it's just really hard having a kid. And, yeah. and it's not necessarily your partner's fault. But I, I, when I work with some folks, I can see that there's this belief that somehow it w- it's not supposed to be hard. Uh, and the reason why it's hard is because of their partner. And um, it's great to wake up out of that little dream and just come back and say, Hey, are we really on the same team? And let's ground from that place. And then there might be some course corrections. Like I need your help with this. I need you to get off your phone and, and help mm-hmm. me with this and that, or whatever those requests might be. But I just find it so much more productive if we come from that foundational place of we're on the same team. We both want the same things for our kid. Um, We both want to have a happy, healthy home. So let's work together on this instead of square off against one another.
1: Obviously, Relationships being a parent are super complex, but you you mentioned uh, the lack of sleep and we just had Dr. Amy Gordon on, and she uh, specializes in uh, romantic relationship research um, and she 's currently doing a project on the effects of sleep deprivation on relationships and mm-hmm. I think we can all know that it 's going to negatively affect it, but she had some good advice in saying. Like if you've had a rough night or lack of sleep, don't keep that in perspective and understand that like our brains have changed. So don't try to have a difficult conversation when the baby's been up all night the night before, like the next morning, get an argument about taking out the trash. It's just you're it's not going to be productive.
2: Totally. And I, I I totally agree with that. And I, I would extend that to just base all the other basic needs that are there. Don't get into something late at night when you need to go to sleep instead. Don't get into something when you're hungry. Don't get into you know, like yes. go just go down the list. Like, all right, let's make sure our needs are met if we got a charged issue we need to discuss.
3: Well, I think there's a bigger point here too, is just as a understanding uh what you need individually to be okay, and and I think that a lot of folks get into relationships from a place of okay. It's unconscious, but it's like okay, now you know I've got a mom to take care of me, or you know, from the other perspective, I finally have an, a, a a dad to take care of me. So this person is here to take care of me, and that sets up a, a a huge disappointment when this person doesn't read your mind and doesn't understand, you know, how to how to be there for your every need, and and that uh, creates drama. Oh,
2: the sex life
3: yeah and it kills a sex life so if you if if you can come into a relationship and you know you are responsible for your own well-being understanding what you your needs are even at the most basic level of food and and uh, sleep and just time with friends and even work in the world just understanding where you uh, what helps where you're at your best it takes the pressure off of your partner to somehow have to figure that out for you and and, and either be the hero or the villain in your life um, and I've just found that it's it's just much easier when we take full responsibility for ourselves come into the relationship as an adult instead of expecting somebody else to take care of us
1: that's a great point and you know we're most sort of disappointed when our expectations don't meet our reality and, and that's just it and uh, you know you're a surfer I'm a surfer I compare it to It's everything in life, but if you go out and you're expecting to have, you know, the waves are going to be really great, and then they're just mediocre, it could still be fun, but I find, like, I'm disappointed and I don't have as much enjoyment because my expectations didn't meet the reality of the situation.
3: Right, yeah. Yeah. That's it where we get into that dream, we get into some fantasy instead of what's happening right in front of us. This is who I am right now, this is who this person is right now, this is it, and it can <laughs> yeah, the expectation is what creates that disappointment I, I I don't have a magic bullet for that. I think that's the path to enlightenment to be able to drop our expectations and just simply be with what is. But if you understand that and especially when you're creating relationship or you're going into relationship, just to name those expectations and start to see well, that's the downfall that's going to set up. A huge disappointment on a relationship. Could we could we deal with that directly now uh, instead of uh, perpetuate that? I I think I remember sitting with my grandmother one time. She she and she'd been married to my grandfather I think over fifty years at that point. And she sat down. We were talking, and they were having some kind of problem. And She's like, "You know, I don't think he's going to change." <laughs> I just remember <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, 50, yeah." <laughs> Okay, yeah, you've been you've been holding out a long time. You've had this expectation that at some point he's going to turn the corner and it's just like, wow, how much suffering did that create that one day he was going to be different.
1: Yeah, and wow, it's 50 years. So did did she have any like <laughs> uh advice, any secret key to their uh success? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I want to say alcohol, don't that would just be the make our podcast so much easier. We just tell people right, you know, yeah. don't do that. Don't Welcome do that. to the Just Drink It Away podcast. <laughs> no, no. Don't
2: be present. Don't tell the truth. Just get drunk. Yeah. Perfect. Make
1: our jobs easy. Well, I kinda wanted to talk about, you know, trip it on your podcast, you mostly deal uh, with men and from a men's perspective, but there's advice um, for both. And then Allison, I know you work with both men and women, but just coming from the different perspectives in your work, do you find, uh, I guess we start with trip. like with men, is there a particular problem like the main thing that you see time and again that that guys are struggling with in relationships that stands out above all and then allison i would ask the same uh for women
3: i i think it's pretty universal i think why i tend to work with men it's just easier for me i'm a guy i'm a guy's guy that's where it's it's just it comes across easier but um you know when i talk about this stuff with allison we're, we're on the same page and so it's just a matter of how do we translate it, that into a language that is easier for people to understand and, and grasp. But I, I think there's a few things that show up that I see. Um, people get familiar with one another, and then they start being unkind to one another. And um, I find that it's a lot easier in a relationship if you don't allow that kind of thing to perpetuate. Um, oftentimes, just the way that we show up with each other on a day-to-day basis, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't treat a guest in your home that way. And I, I wish that I could say I'm great at this, but I just noticed that one of the reasons why I feel so close with Allison is that she's genuinely kind to me and genuinely respectful to me. And um, and therefore, I'm not having to deal with where I felt hurt from her from the day before or two days before to now show up and be present with whatever's showing up. I don't have this uh, wound to to have to deal with. So I think that's a, that's a big part of it. We talked about expectations of others. Um, you know, earlier on in this podcast and then, but the third thing I would say is just how many people rarely speak up for what they want. Um, they're, they're, they're waiting for the world to figure it out. They're waiting for the other person to figure it out. There's a great book out there by Dr. Robert Glover called no more Mr. Nice guy. I've yet to meet a human being that wouldn't benefit from reading that book, but he talks about a thing called nice guy syndrome where we essentially are, are saying, well, if I try to take care of you and I try to control your emotions and keep you happy, then you're going to take care of me. And I just, it's a recipe for disaster. It builds nothing but resentment and toxicity in relationships. And uh, it just ruins the dynamic. And so uh, the things that I keep coming back to are, are just getting guys to speak up for what they want. And it's usually very, very risky stuff for them, whether it's about sexuality or it's about finances. It's easy to talk about where you want to go to dinner sometimes, but um, talking about how they how they want to be treated in the bedroom or uh, otherwise, those are some big asks. But they find freedom there, knowing that it's they can be honest and they can address this stuff head on instead of hoping that their partner is going to figure it out or somehow miraculously change after fifty years of marriage.
2: Yeah, and I would echo. I would echo pretty much everything Tripp said, you know, what I wrote down as my notes before Tripp started talking was knowing what they want and asking for what they want. And, and when, you know, as in response to your question. So, and I, and, and I, I hear that from women across the board. I, I, I was reminded that I used to do these, these workshops for women and we would an exercise in the workshop was helping women identify and own their desire. Now, it could be sexual desire. It could be any kind of desire, something they want. And every single woman, every single workshop would struggle and flail with that exercise. And that is certainly the single most uh, hot topic, common topic, repeated topic, chronic <laughs> topic that shows up um, in my client load. And it's not, but I do think, like Tripp said, it's it, again, echoing, like that's one of the reasons I, I can't, I I want to just, I would love to say, oh, I only work with women. I can't. It's too human. These issues are so human. Yeah. It's just across the board.
1: It's so true. I think that is a universal struggle is kind of, Finding meaning and knowing what you want—I know—and uh, then you think you know what you want, and you go down a road, and it turns out ah, that's not really what <laughs> what's best. So right. I think it's, it's a process, yeah. and it's kind of just getting introspective, listening to people like yourselves, listening to reading—you know—and and taking the time to really try to discover yourself. And that's what's great about a relationship, too, is because it gives you that reflection onto yourself and makes you more self-aware.
3: Well, sex is a great place to play with this in, in relationship. I, I'm one of those guys, if I get a massage, the, the masseuse could be working on this great place and they'd go right over it. And I wouldn't say like, yeah, keep doing that. <laughs> well, I'm just, for some reason, that's been a challenge for me in the past. And, and Allison and I have been, uh, it's a, a, a place for us to play is, is just like, yeah, I like that. Do more of that instead of hoping that they hear the change of, of my breath to figure it out but it's, it's just vulnerable it's simply vulnerable to say I want this that's where we stand to get rejected that's where we stand to have what we want not matter uh, it's much easier to withhold that information and hope that somebody else figures it out and that again is a recipe for a, a, you know a, a terrible relationship so but sex is a great place do you like this do you like speak up for what you want and, and it's edgy in that place but what a, what a great foundation to then take it out into the world where we know how to communicate to one another about what feels good, what we like, what we don't like. Um, and so taking out the trash becomes uh, – making that request makes it uh, much easier because you've already built a, a, a solid foundation of making requests.
2: Yeah, and, and just be a little nugget here for those who listen to podcasts religiously and follow it to the T, include the right to change your mind, include the ability to course correct, that if you come back to simply speaking what's true for you, you, telling your truth, telling the truth on yourself, being willing to be vulnerable there, being willing to speak about what you believe that you want, it's okay to change your mind you come back to the conversation with it, but, but you know, don't, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself like this is what I like and this is how I like it and do it like that forever, especially with sex. Right. So, um, so yeah, just that right, that little nugget there, you know, everybody yeah gets keep it moment to mind. moment.
3: Yeah, yeah. I like that. Like keep it moment to moment instead of, I see a lot of people get into marriages and then something's changing and they're, they're trying to preserve the past. Uh, well, things aren't what they like. Where they, you know, aren't what they were like a few years ago when we started out. It's like, yeah, things are evolving. So, how do you stay present? How do you stay forward facing instead of mm-hmm. thinking about what it should be or what it could right. have been or all that kind of stuff? Just it's changing moment to moment. Can you respond? Are you paying attention now in this moment and looking at where you guys are headed instead of uh, worrying about why it's not the way it used to be?
0: Yeah, it's it's so true because every relationship, especially relationships, personal relationships are fluid and they're ever changing. So if you just get stuck in your ways, I'm sure you're going to find a lot of big issues. Um, So being aware of that and being able to be fluid, I think is a major part to have a successful relationship.
3: Yeah. It keeps your best days ahead of you instead of behind you. Keeps you looking forward. Like I can always create what I want. I can always speak up for what I want. And that makes the future a lot more fun to think about instead of, oh, well, uh-huh. it's never going to be what it used to be.
1: Yeah, it's all great information. I just want to touch on, before we go to the lasting love round, the advice you gave of being kind. I think that's so true because you become, like you said, you become familiar with your partner. And I, I forget the exact wording, but I just heard like, would you treat a friend the way like, mm-hmm. you just treated mm-hmm. your, your spouse? And the answer almost mm-hmm. every time I ask myself is, is no. Like, I wouldn't say that in that tone. I was being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't do that to a friend. I'd have to be mm-hmm. a huge asshole. And, and mm-hmm. so keeping that perspective of being kind, it sounds simple, but because we become so familiar, it's
3: easy like, to just to be a jerk.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so fundamental. It's so fundamental.
3: I think Steve Chandler tells this story. I don't know how true it is, but he tells a story about how this was happening in his home or not his home, but a client's home. And he challenged the He's like, would you, you know, if, if the Domino's pizza guy showed up, would you be this much of a jerk to the, and he's like, Oh no, no way. And he's like, great. And he went and got the guy a Domino's pizza delivery outfit. And he's like, put this on and maybe people will treat you better in your home. And it was this thing he actually yeah. made the guy wear it in his house to disrupt that way of being in the home where things have gotten so toxic and they, you know, but the the pizza guy shows up and they're all really nice to him but not to each other. Yeah, it's
1: so true. Well, all great information. Now we got to move forward to the lasting love round.
0: What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship?
2: Tell the truth. (laughs) Be vulnerable. (laughs) Tell the freaking truth on yourself. Awesome. Love it
1: is it good to always tell the truth?
2: I I do I personally yes. I mean I I think that there's again if we if we look inside the, the if we look through the context of we're always going to treat each other with kindness, with respect, with care and love, then telling the truth like I might not be a uncensored um, you know, I might not just sort of shoot from the hip all the time of like, I'm thinking how much I hate you right now because I'm angry, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you wouldn't necessarily do that level of truth telling. But when it matters, if it has to do with something you're wanting, you're not wanting, you're afraid of you, um, that feels like it's out of integrity for you, feels like something you want to have integrity with. Those are places where it's very important to tell the truth
3: no matter what yeah and I, I, you know I would, I would put an asterisk on that of telling the truth about your own experience what yeah. what's the what are the stories that you're that you have playing in your head what's the experience if you're frustrated you're sad you're angry you're turned on uh be truthful about that be truthful about what you want in any given scenario i would i would i when i work with guys i help them just stick with that stuff instead of assessments and judgments of others totally. or you know hey i think you should be doing x y and z you, that might be your truth but just where you're going to have far less debate is if you're sticking to what's true for you and in your experience, the yeah. stories and the desires that you have. I think that that's really powerful.
2: Yeah, telling the truth on yourself.
3: Yeah, and I would just add, I would just add that the, the you know the thing that I would add to helping the relationship is giving a purpose to the relationship other than to just um, continue the relationship. I think so many folks get into relationship and they look at longevity as the purpose of just like kind of protecting this entity. And that's powerful. But rarely do I find couples that have a purpose beyond that or bigger than that that says this relationship is here to serve us, to serve us as individuals, to have an amazing life together, that we're here to, to in service of one another for that. And it's always great. Like as you can look at it and be like, yeah, well, our marriage is lasting, but we're miserable and we're playing small or we're domesticated or we've lost – you know, so much of who we are. So I would, I like to add like, what's the real purpose of your marriage? How would you know if it was thriving? How would, how would your life be different if you were thriving and you'd been in this relationship for decades? Um, it's to tell like, Oh, how I'd be feeling a certain way. I'd be able to have these experiences. I'd be doing this and I'd have somebody that had my back to support me in that. Um, I love helping guys establish what that big purpose is for that marriage in their life. Is there
1: a book or resource you could recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationships?
2: Oh, gosh.
3: I, mean, I like, uh, I like yeah. Power of Ted by David Emerald. We talked a little yeah. about victim, villain, hero today, the drama triangle. And I think in terms of guys that, that, you know, when I talk to guys, they're like, well, how do I get my wife to do this? And how do I get her to do that? And it's like, well, why don't you go read some Byron Katie? <laughs> uh, a great book is yeah. uh, Loving What Is. Uh, just learning to name what is our just our projections and things we need to do more for ourselves than try to get our partner to do.
2: Yeah, and I, I re- I'm a fan when it comes to really relating from the heart instead of the mind. There, I really like Brené Brown's work. So she has books called I think a book Daring Greatly, um, Rising Strong. Those kinds of books are really lovely for, for most people. Mo- one of the most common issues is folks that don't that aren't that they're afraid to be vulnerable because it's so uncomfortable or to be uncomfortable. They don't like being uncomfortable. And so Brene does a wonderful job of helping massage the idea of it's okay to be uncomfortable and that's how you know you're getting it right. So, um, so that's, I would recommend that for sure. And just doing your own work guys, like, come on, there's tons of coaches and therapists out there. Go work on yourself.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say is if you're listening to podcasts and you're listening to books and you're trying to solve a, a major piece in your life, you know, you'd know, you go spend the money on a plumber or a car mechanic to get your car or house running in, in right order again. Like, why not invest that in your relationship? Like, w- like we started out in this conversation, of how important our relationships are. Bring a professional in, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's help. something in our mind, like somehow we shouldn't need to get it help here. And it's like, man, what? <laughs> it's just a lot easier. Mm-hmm. One of the agreements that Allison and I made early on is that if it, either one of us felt like the the wheels were coming off uh, we'd get help immediately. Like there was just, there wasn't going to be a debate at if we were going to get help. We just did. We just called somebody and, and we lined it up. And we, when we went in and got that conversation and just knowing that we were going to go in and have that conversation with a counselor, or therapist or whatever, it just, it took the pressure off. We're going to be okay. We're getting help and we'll be fine. It just, it was just a much easier way to go about, uh, handling the challenges that we were facing.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And funny enough, we were just talking about this subject the other day and it's, you know, podcasts are great and books, like you said, but it's just one tool. So it is, if it is a serious matter, it's, you know, you should invest, like you said, you would invest in a a plumber or a mechanic. So use the money and resources to invest in a a therapist or a coach if needed and use podcasts and books as just one of those tools to help you as well.
3: Mm -hmm. Right, right.
0: And all the books that you mentioned will be on your show notes page on idpodcast.com. So all of our listeners can go there and, and check those out. Great. Beautiful. We've been married for almost two years now. Is there any advice you would give newlyweds?
2: <laughs> uh, well, that's in your court to answer, I would say. <laughs> what have you learned? <laughs> I know, well I,
1: mean. I think I think showing respect and uh it's almost universal in any any kind of relationship, but I guess specifically um when it's and you can be together for a while before you're actually married, but it's kind of goes along with the the thing of like treating them like you would a friend because I guess when you when you're married then you're labeled husband and wife, and even though Nothing really personally we didn't feel anything changes like there is sort of that outside pressure a lot of times that people might feel so keeping that perspective of like okay our titles changed I guess legally and according to society but keeping in mind that that you guys are are friends first and and, kind of keeping that perspective.
2: Yeah, that's something I really appreciate about uh, what I know about you all so far, which is, you know, here you are as a couple, um, you're, you're trudging along, you know, clipping along your lives, and then you decide to do this podcast, you're not professionals, I mean, I don't, as far as I know, you're not trying to promote your own work in any way, you're doing this out of curiosity and learning, and, and that's a beautiful place to be, to be willing to learn how to be in relationship continually.
1: And it's a process choose that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's a choice. I mean, that's such a key piece. Like it sounds to me like you guys are choosing each other still every day. You're making a choice to choose to be in relationship.
3: Yeah. I think there's a, a kind of a prince or princess view of marriage of there's a wedding and then that's kind of it. There's a finish line. That's what we heard in the, the fairy tales growing up. And, uh, but it's really the starting line, and it's it's the door opening of like, yeah, how do we continue to manage and how do we how do we continue to co-create what we really want in this life? How do we be partners for one another and allies for one another? I really get that Allison wants me to have an amazing life, um, even if that means I'm going to be spending less time with her or I might be going and doing things that put my you know put things at risk. Um, and it's a wonderful feeling to have that sense of partnership that to know that sh- that our that our relationship really based on what we want for each other instead of, oh, no, you're here to make me feel safe and comfortable. And I don't want you to have an amazing life because that's threatening for me. So I, I just um,
2: and I want to be clear, I want to interject something because it's not what my idea of what would be an amazing life for him. Right. Yeah, like that's yeah, a distinction. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I I got all sorts of ideas of what would, I think his life would be amazing, but that doesn't work. That always backfires. Right. So, so to be willing to be a yes to his biggest version of himself, his best self, his whole self comes from him.
3: I love that. Like, can we, can we support our partner's curiosity? That could be threatening. You know, I've been in previous relationships where the things that I love to do, whether it was travel or play music or whatever, they were threatening to, my partner because it meant that i was going to spend less time there and i i I never wanted to feel like i had to choose between what i loved and what had me feel so alive and whole and the the partnership Uh, i wanted to feel like they were they were aligned
1: absolutely and the last question i have for you guys is what advice would you give our listeners looking for a happy relationship do your own work i'm sorry single single listeners Single, S- specifically, single, do your yes. own
2: work. It's the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> you know, I pointed
3: to it a little earlier. Just get to know what makes you click. If you're a single person and you really think your life's not going to start until you have another person in your life to make you happy, that's a that's not that's no bueno. So, no
1: bueno,
3: yeah, yeah. I want right. to come back to really understanding what makes you happy, um, you know, what works for you, where you're at your best, so that when you're in a relationship, you're a contributor instead of um, waiting to be taken care of. I think that that's a, that's a huge thing. One of the things that really attracted me to Allison early on was that she was independent. I didn't get that she needed me. I didn't get like she needed a man to come in and rescue her and take her away. And, and that felt amazing to be able to to build a partnership with her where I felt like I could add to her life but she didn't you know she wasn't drowning and and neither was I it was wonderful that we were both in that place and there wasn't that kind of neediness underneath
0: Well Trip and Allison we've really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners so let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye
2: Okay, you can find me at Allison at com. A-L-Y-S-O-N-L-A-N-I-E-R.
3: That's your website too, AllisonLanier.com?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, don't email me.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's the worst thing you can <laughs> do is email me. her.
2: <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah.
3: You can find, uh, I I host a podcast called The New Man. It's available on iTunes. You can search for The New Man there. You can go to thenewmanpodcast.com. There's tons and tons of interviews. We've been going for almost 10 years now. Uh, Lots of great stuff there. And if you want to learn more about the work that I do with individuals and groups, you can go to triplanier.com, T-R-I-P-P-L-A-N-I-E-R.com.
1: Awesome. Where our listeners can find all the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives.
0: And again, guys, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show.
1: My pleasure.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Hi, Sarah here. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon, Amazon, or Audible.com. All the links are on the bottom of our show notes page on idopodcast.com and in the description for this episode. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate it so much. Thanks.
1: Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com.